blessings, mercy, grace, and peace be unto you in the name of God, who is my Father and my Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. I greet you in the name of the power of the highest God, who is Holy Spirit. I am Elijah, and it is truly an honor and a privilege to come before you this evening in the name of Jesus to break the bread of life. You know, normally, <clears throat> I would say a lot of hellos to a lot of people, but God have instructed me on this evening not to do that. I don't question God when he tells me what to do and what not to do. Who am I to question the Almighty? I'm just obedient. And again, on this evening, the Lord advised me to take a little time, to slow down a little bit, to allow some other people who may be running late to join us, those faithful ones who join us. Tonight's teaching is indeed impactful. It is powerful. For a lot, it is personal. There are those who are going to take it personally. And I would just say, before we even get started, that's not my concern. That's between you and God, or you and whoever it is that you serve. But we need to understand that there's an indictment that's going to be made tonight. There's an indictment that's going to be made, and there are some people that are going to be held responsible. And so we just bless God for the opportunity to rightly divide his word of truth and to get some understanding as of something that's been affecting the church for years. It's really affecting it right now, the body of Christ, and it has to be called out. And it's not just the people who are doing certain things, but we have to understand that all of us collectively, those who name the name of Christ, we bear some type of responsibility for what's going on. So before we go any further, we're going to give everybody just a few more minutes. Then we're going to have a word of prayer. And then we're going to move on with the lesson. So before we do that, let me say this. I was praying today and I was meditating and I was contemplating whether I should share or not. And so as the Lord gives permission, again, I'm obedient. <clears throat> uh, a lot of you have heard me over the time ask you to pray for sunshine. And I always told you, you don't need to know who she is. Just pray for sunshine. Pray for sunshine. Well, <clears throat> sunshine is a young lady named Brianna, and I'm not going to give her last name. But we need to understand that she's in her early 20s. She was living life. She was very successful, very respectable young lady. And she was inflicted with an ailment that's attacking her body to where she needs a kidney transplant. And I did everything that I could to try to be a donor. And all the way at the end, they told me for, for what I still consider garbage reasons that I couldn't be. And I know there are a lot of people out there, not just Brianna, not just Sunshine, that need transplants. And there are a lot of people that are young, that are healthy, that are able to donate organs to help other people live the highest quality of life they can. But either people don't know about it or they just don't care. But I know there are some who do. They just don't know what's going on. So if you're in the Virginia North Carolina, South Carolina area, and you, you watch the program because we have received messages from people in the Philippines, from people in Australia, from people in, in Chicago, from people in Texas, 
So God is allowing the ministry to do what the ministry is supposed to do. But as I've shared with you on so many occasions, the ministry isn't just preaching and teaching. The ministry is impacting people's lives when the cameras isn't rolling. The ministry is doing the work of God when nobody is watching. So for those of you in the, the, the D.C., Maryland, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina region, if it's in your heart and you would even consider being a donor for Sunshine, I'm not going to give her personal information. I would say reach out to me. My P.O. Box is P.O. Box 462, Emporia, Virginia, 23847. P.O. Box 462, Emporia, Virginia, 23847. You can address it to myself or Sound Doctrine Deliverance Ministries, and I will make sure it gets to the people that can do the next steps. But if you are interested or even consider being a donor, for Brianna or anybody, please send me that information. You can reach out through through however y'all do this stuff on the Facebook or whatever. But it's about saving life. It's about allowing people the opportunity to live a full life. And if it's within our power to do that, and it doesn't hamper or hinder our own life, why wouldn't we? It's what Christ did for us. You know, I did not ask permission. Before I did this, I prayed about it. I, I sought God, and that's why I'm saying this. So if anybody's upset or offended, you can blame me. But it's so many people that need help, and nobody's talking about it. It's so many people who need somebody to show some love and some humanity, and nobody's talking about it. So on behalf of Brianna and anybody else that may need a, a, a kidney transplant, I'm speaking up. Reach out to me. Reach out to somebody and make a difference in somebody's life. Let's go before the throne. Merciful Father, I bless your name for this night. I bless your name for all that transpired through the day, through the attacks through the trials, through the tribulations, through the headaches. I bless and praise your name, Father, because I realize the enemy wouldn't be coming so hard to stop this word if it wasn't a right now Rama word. So, so, Father, bless those who tune in. Give them ears to hear what you're saying to your church, to your body. Give them a heart to understand and receive and give them the courage to make the changes that's necessary. Father, I ask in the name of Jesus, Holy Spirit, you stir up. You stir up in the bellies of everyone that would hear this word. Stir up in their belly. Bring conviction. Bring holy boldness. Bring a willingness to act and not just talk. And Holy Spirit, Anoint me yet again with that anointing that makes teaching and preaching your word easy. Guide me to rightly divide your word of truth, to give understanding to those with ears to hear. I bless you, I thank you, and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So again, we bless the Lord for this evening. Brothers and sisters, I got a couple passages I need to read to you, and I need you to hear 
what's being said in these passages. And the first one is going to come from Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 56. Isaiah chapter 56. I need you to hear this. In the name of Jesus. Isaiah chapter 56, and I'm going to start at verse 10. The word of God says, His watchmen are blind. They are all ignorant. They are all dumb dogs. They cannot bark, sleeping, laying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which can never have enough and they are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone for his gain from his quarter. Come ye, they say, I will fetch wine and we will fill ourselves with strong drink. And tomorrow shall be as this day and much more abundant. The watchmen, the shepherds that God calls dumb dogs and ignorant. He's referring to pastors. This is referring to some pastors in this time. Turn to Jeremiah chapter 10. Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 21. The word of God says, For the pastors are become brutish, and they have not sought the Lord. Therefore they shall not prosper, and all their flocks shall be scattered. He's talking to the pastors. And he said they are brutish. One more, Jeremiah chapter 23. Jeremiah chapter 23. And I'm going to start reading at verse 1. Woe be unto the pastors that destroy and scatter the sheep of my pasture, saith the Lord. Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel, against the pastors that feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all countries, whether I have driven them, and will bring them again to their foes, and they shall be fruitful and increase. And I will set up shepherds over them, which shall feed them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall they be lacking, saith the Lord. The Lord has and had an indictment against some people who are supposed to be operating in the, in the position of a pastor. They were dumb dogs. They were brutish. They were evil. They were selfish. They were out for their own gain. They were destroying the people who truly wanted to know God. And nothing has changed from then to now. There are some people that hold the office of pastor who are doing more to destroy the body of Christ than to build up the kingdom. 
There are some people who owe the office of pastor who God never called to be a pastor. There are some people who hold the office of pastor that if you ask them flat out, they couldn't tell you what a pastor was. Because a pastor is more than having a piece of paper with your name on it and a building. It's so much more than that. And the problem is we have entertainment versus education. We have preaching versus teaching. And most people who only preach, most pastors who only preach are only there to entertain. The pastors that teach are there to educate. And there's a tremendous difference. Now, the first thing we have to understand is that there is a slave spirit, a slave mentality that has invaded what we call the church from the time Africans were brought over to this country as slaves. It is a spirit that is in the church that has been here since the European got a copy of the Bible. And this is not an indictment against white people. It is not a praise for black people. It is facts. It is facts. Jesus didn't become white and have blonde hair and blue eyes until he got to England and America. Listen to me. Jesus, the one that a lot of you have something, some image hanging on the wall in your house. The one that a lot of these, these fans that come from the funeral homes, that's all in the churches, this image of this white, blonde-haired, blue-eyed man that's supposed to be Jesus. He did not become a blonde-haired, blue-eyed, white man until he came to England and America. And those that were in power depicted God to look like them to justify slavery and the way they treated Africans and other brown-skinned and dark-skinned people. This is not a black history teaching. This is a biblical teaching. This is historical truth. But it has an impact that has lasted down throughout the years and is still in the church now. The masters, as they wanted to be called, were the ones in charge. The masters was the one who set the rules. The masters were the one who did the teaching. The masters was the one who issued the punishment. The only difference between the church then and the church now is the word. Because the masters have become the pastors. The pastors are the masters. And the spirit that was alive back when we were bought over here is still alive in the church now. And so many people in the church go along with it because you don't understand what's happening. You're spiritually blind to what's happening. Why? Because when we were bought over here, the only thing we knew is what we were told. And the ones who told us were the ones who called themselves the masters. 
They were the ones who decided Jesus was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man, and he condoned slavery and the mistreatment of a people. And we, as a church people, foolishly believed that for so long, and it has transitioned over the years to the mess that's going on in the church now. Because the same things that a lot of the masters was doing, the pastors is doing now, and the same slaves that the masters had, the pastors have now, and your eyes still have not been opened to truth. And God is not pleased. During the times of slavery, during the times when the masters were in control, the only thing they wanted the slaves for was to do the work that they were too lazy and couldn't do. The thing they wanted the slaves for was to bring money to their plantation, to make their name great. They wanted to have the biggest White House. They wanted to have the biggest fields, the biggest harvest, and correct the most, collect the most money because they had the hardest working slaves that worked out of fear, and some out of loyalty. That's what the masters did when they brought us over here. The pastors that are in the church now, a lot of them, the only thing they want out of the congregation is their money. They want the biggest church. They want the biggest revivals. They want the biggest choirs and praise teams. They want the most people putting money in their plate. God spoke against them. He called them greedy and dumb dogs. They were making merchandise out of his people then. The pastors are making merchandise out of God's people now. The masters, when you were on their plantation, you were known because you were marked. You were marked with the name of whatever plantation and whatever master you had. And in order for you to go to another plantation, in order for you to be declared free, you had to get a letter from the master that you took to wherever you were going, and then you could join that plantation under the new master's name. The pastors took that same spirit, and that's why so many of you believe now that in order for you to leave one church and go to another, somebody's supposed to write a letter. And you're supposed to take that letter to whatever church you're going to and they will receive that letter and then they will receive you into their congregation because as so many pastors say, I don't want to be found guilty of stealing other people's members. The masters never wanted to be found guilty of stealing another man's slaves or cattle. It's the same spirit that was alive then that's alive now. But let me share something with you that God revealed and you should already know if you open up your mind. No pastor owns you. I don't care what church you go to. I don't care how long you've been there. I don't care if you pay tithes, if you pay offerings, if you give gifts. No pastor owns you. No church owns you. If you are a born again child of God, you are owned by God. When you are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, to be baptized in somebody's name means you are showing they have ownership over you. You are sold unto them. 
You are not baptized in the name of your pastor. You are not baptized in the name of your church. You are either baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, or you're baptized in Jesus' name. Jesus is the only one who owns you. And Jesus didn't say you had to have a letter to go anywhere. So every pastor that's out there telling people they have to have a letter to leave his congregation. Every pastor that says someone is stealing their members, you are a greedy, dumb dog. You are a liar. The spirit of God is not within you because you don't own nobody. Nobody. You have that same spirit that the masters had. You have that right now. You're making merchandise out of God's people and your only concern is your own pockets. And the problem that a lot of people in the church is having, you have people that have been in the same church since they were born. You have people that have been in the same church for 10, 20, 30 years. And the same problems you had from day one, you have right now. The same spiritual issues you have from day one, you have right now. The same physical issues you have from day one, you have right now. Because you're sitting under a pastor that has no power. You're sitting under a pastor that has no knowledge. You're sitting under a pastor that can preach a good sermon, but can't teach the word of God. And most of you are sitting in what we call the family church. There is no power in your family church because everybody is comfortable and cozy and because little Ray Ray can sing and because Beyonce wants to be the choir leader and because Jojo can get up and rap so you're going to make him a preacher. In the family church, everybody has an office and everybody has a function, but there is no power because there is no anointing because there is no Holy Spirit. That's why you are still going through the same things that you've been going through. You need to get out of the family church and find somebody that's teaching the word of God. Anybody can get up and hoop and holler and say a bunch of cliches and say a bunch of catchy catchphrases and quote lines from movies and songs. Anybody can get up and preach a good sermon like that. And so many times church folks say he sure did preach. She sure did lay down that word. And when you ask them what they said, you can't, they can't tell you because they ain't saying nothing. It just tickled their ears. It sounded good. But when it comes time to teaching, when it comes time to studying and rightly dividing the word of God, a lot of pastors run away from that because they don't know how to do it because God never called them to be a pastor. Somebody gave them a piece of paper or they bought it. Somebody left them a building. And the person who left them a building, they didn't have no more business being a pastor than they do right now. But it's passed down. It's passed down. It's passed down. You have no compassion. You have no empathy. You are prideful. You are selfish. You are arrogant. And you are a liar. Because you always tell them what God said as long as it benefits you. There's a special place in hell for these fake, phony pastors that's bastardizing God's word and making merchandise of his people and scattering the flock as the word of God say. 
You can't teach the word of God because you don't know the word of God. You can teach a newspaper article. You can teach a magazine article. You can teach a word that came off of the Internet because you can sit in front of the newspaper and the Internet and you can hear somebody explain it to you and you just say what they say. But when it comes time to putting your face in the book and rightly dividing the word and fasting and praying and depending on Holy Spirit to give you the proper interpretation and keep it in context, you're lost. That's why there's no power in your church. That's why there's no growth in your congregation. And that's why nobody stays when they come. Because there's too many men and women that have a piece of paper saying you're a pastor. And you were lucky enough to get a building. And God ain't in it. I don't care how much you hoop and holler and flop around like you got epilepsy. God ain't in it. I don't care how many times people get up and run around the church because that was a powerful word. God ain't in it. Because you can't teach. And you can't teach the word of God. And you're making a merchandise out of God's people. The same thing the masters did, the pastors are doing. It's... It's becoming a problem because pastors are supposed to care for the flock. Pastors are supposed to care for the people of God. Pastors are supposed to be on their face asking God, what direction would you have me to take your people? What would you have me to teach your people about you? Pastors are supposed to be the primary teachers in the church. The pastors and the prophets. They're supposed to be the primary teachers in the church. But a lot of these fake pastors got fake prophets and fake prophetess that wouldn't know a word of prophecy if the Holy Spirit came down and slapped them in the mouth. Everybody wants the title of prophet and don't know what it is. Everybody wants the title of prophet and don't know what a prophet is. Everybody wants the title of prophet and God has never spoken to you or used you for anything for his glory. But because you're in the family church and because you told them you're a prophet or they told you you're a prophet, you continue to run around with that title. But a day of reckoning is coming when God is going to make a separation between who's his and who's not. And woe be unto you if you're one of them liars that ran around calling yourself a pastor or a prophet and God said, you're no pastor or prophet of mine. It's been going on since the days of Isaiah. It's going on right now. I'm a prophet. In what area, in what aspect of the prophetic do you work? And you look at me like I'm crazy because you have no idea what I'm talking about. What makes you believe you're a prophet? I had a dream. Martin Luther King had a dream too. It got him killed. What makes you think you're a prophet? Well, God told me, yeah. What God? You're so gung-ho to be a pastor. You're so gung-ho to be a prophet. And if you really knew what either one of them was, it's the last thing you would want to be. 
But that same slave mentality that the masters had, the pastors had. So if the pastors have the same slave mentality as the masters, then who are the prophets? The prophets are the overseers that kept everybody in line for the master by declaring what would happen if they was disobedient to the master. These fake prophets and prophetess in the church now declare what happens if you're disobedient to the pastor. Well, here's the question. Who is the pastor that you have to obey him, period? He is not God. Yet you have a lot of them who think they are. And you follow them and you continue to follow them because they allow you to do things in the church that you know if you go to another church, you won't be allowed to do. You at Cousin Mumu's church. And Cousin Mumu said you can sing like an angel when you sound like a wet cat in a sack getting thrown in water. And you know if you leave outside of Cousin Mumu's church, nobody will ever let you sing again. So you stay in the family church where you're not growing, where you're not being taught, where you're not being educated. Because the pastor of the family church keeps feeding your ignorance and keep lying to you because you bring the most tithes into the building. So they're going to let you do anything you want to do. I know because I used to belong to a church like that. I belong to a family church where everybody in the church, listen to me what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying one or two. I'm saying everybody in the church had an office. Everybody in the church had a position and a title. Everybody in the church was either a pastor or a teacher or a prophet or a missionary. Everybody in the church. And if you join the church this week, next week, they're going to give you a title too. And everybody in the church got to take turns preaching and teaching Bible study. And there's no growth. It's a dead church because they're trying to teach something they don't know nothing about. Nothing. From the apostle all the way down. And I had to get out of there. Because when truth started being told, feelings got hurt. Feathers got ruffled. And the master wanted to crack the whip. And God said, I sent word. I sent warning. Your job is done. You can leave. Let me deal with that. And oh, did he deal with it. And the same thing is going on, brothers and sisters, in a lot of the churches right now. These pastors still have slave master mentalities. Nobody belongs to nobody but God. Nobody. That even goes as far as marriage is concerned and people wrongly dividing the word of God. I don't care if you've been married for an hour. I don't care if you've been married for 200 years. Nobody belongs to nobody. You belong to God. Because when there's ownership, that means you can demand and make somebody do something. No husband can make his wife do anything. No wife can make her husband do anything. There's no ownership. Pastors now are teaching ownership. You don't own nobody. Husbands, you don't own nobody. Wives, you don't own nobody. Watch this. Not even your children. You don't own them. There are individuals 
with lives of their own, with a spirit of their own, with a soul of their own, with a mind of their own, who can make their own decisions. You have governorship until they become of age, but you still don't own them. And too many pastors have the opinion and the thought process that they own somebody, and that's because you don't get in the word. You don't study the book. You don't rightly divide the word of truth. And the problem is the congregation believes everything you say. So when you teach them lies, they believe lies. When you mislead them, they believe the misleading. And then when somebody comes to tell them the truth, they don't want to receive the truth because they've listened to your lies for so long. And it's not just the pastor's fault. Because God is not going to ask you what pastor you sat under. And God is not going to ask you what the pastor taught. God is going to ask you what did you believe. And how did you study the word. And how did you rightly divide the word. God is going to ask you. That's why I tell you over and over and over again. I don't care who's preaching. I don't care who's teaching. Get in the word and find out if it's true. Because pastors are misleading people. And God is not pleased. Everybody wants a shouting message. Everybody wants a feel-good message. Everybody wants a message that's pulled from the headlines. Newsflash. When you get into the Word of God, the Word of God dictates the headlines. Because everything that's happening in the headlines, the Word of God told you was going to happen years ago. You don't believe God, but you believe Walter Cronkite and Barbara Walters and Oprah Winfrey. You cannot quote a passage out of the word of God, but you can quote everything out of Newsweek and Time Magazine and People Magazine. You don't know anything that the Holy Spirit said, but you know everything that Kanye West said and Kyrie Irving said and everybody else said. You don't quote Jesus Christ, but you can quote Beyonce and Rihanna and Jay-Z. And that's what you give the people from your pulpit when the word of God is what you are supposed to give them if you are a pastor of God. But because you're not a pastor of God, you can't give them the word of God. And people are sitting there accepting it and receiving it because that's the blind leading the blind. Pastors are supposed to be the most compassionate people in the fivefold ministry. You're a caretaker over the flock of God. So you are supposed to be the most selfless person there is. You're supposed to have more empathy and sympathy and understanding than anybody in the church. But the problem is the pastors that are in office now, they don't have sympathy they don't have empathy, they are arrogant, they are prideful, they are disrespectful, and here's the kicker. When it comes to standing before the church, you will think that they walk on water. You will think that when they poot, manna from heaven comes out their butt. But behind closed doors, they are violent, they are vipers, they are snakes, they are abusive, they are arrogant, they are loudmouth, and they are reckless with their tongue. And they tear down the very people they're supposed to love. But then when they get in front of the church, it's the exact opposite. And that's what's wrong with the church now. That's the problem with the church now. You don't even know who you're sitting under and why you're sitting under them. Other than those people who are still in the family church because it's convenient. You got to come out from under that garbage and get somewhere where they're teaching the word of God. 
Get somewhere where you can get some power from the Holy Spirit. Get somewhere where the miracles of God still take place. Get somewhere where the man of God lays hands on the sick and they recover. Get somewhere where you can know who Holy Spirit is and understand his hand is not waxed short. The same miracles he performed back then, he performs right now. You're not plugged into the source because you're sitting under a pastor who ain't got no business being a pastor. They got a name in the building. That don't make you a pastor. That makes you a resident. And nobody's calling them out. You got these lying prophets. And here's the thing that I love. You have pastors that will sing the prophet's praise. You have pastors that will stand before 10 people or 10 hundred people and sing the praises of the prophets until the prophet speaks a word against the pastor. Then it's a problem because they want these pastors that are yes men and flunkies. If you ever seen the movie Django, these pastors today want prophets that play the role of Samuel L. Jackson. They want prophets that's going to yes everything they do and say, even when they know it's wrong. But true prophets don't care who you are. True prophets don't care if you're biologically connected, if you're friends, if you're childhood buddies. True prophets stand and declare the word of God even when you don't like it. And if you don't invite us back, oh well. Wipe the dust of our feet and keep it moving. Because we understand the wrath of God. We understand the significance of teaching Jesus Christ. We understand speaking the word of God as thus saith the Lord. We understand the power and impact of the Holy Spirit. And we understand that a lot of you pastors are hypocrites, fake, and phony. And you have no business overseeing nobody. Not even your family church. You want the community. To think you're this wonderful, awesome man or woman of God when your family know you're not. They know you're fake. They know all the love you talk about in church are not the same words that come out of your mouth at home. They know all the love and compassion you talk about from behind the pulpit is missing in your own house. They know all the, the honey drip words that you constantly put out there is whitewashed lies. And I told you before, I told everybody in every homeless class that I ever taught, and I'm going to tell you again. Those of you in the church who don't know, listen to Elijah right now. I'm going to tell you a secret that a lot of pastors don't want you to know. If you ever want to know if the man behind the pulpit is living at home, what he's talking about from that pulpit, watch his family, watch his wife. Watch his kids, watch his sister, watch his brother, because they know the real him. I didn't include women because God never called women to be pastors, no way. But if you have a woman pastor, when she's up there saying whatever she's saying, watch her husband, who's usually making googly eyes at somebody else in the church. 
Watch her kids who have no respect for her or anything she's saying because they know from the pool pit she going to give a good Juanita Biden message. She going to shout and holler and jump and skip and her wig going to go one way and her, her extensions going to go another way and her mascara going to run. And they know as soon as they get home, she going to call them every curse word in the book. She going to pull that Henny out from behind the buffet. She going to have a drink. She going to smoke her weed, smoke her cigarettes, but come back Sunday, she's super safe sally soul food again and the men are worse than the women because they showcase their wives they showcase their children they talk about the love and the commitment that they have but the family know behind closed doors they're violent they're arrogant they're prideful they're disrespectful and they think they own you they don't own you god does and woe be unto you if you can sin, continue to sit under that garbage. That's why you're not healed. That's why you're not delivered. That's why there's no power manifested in your life. That's why the blessings you've been seeking God for for 20 years, you still haven't received. Because you still got a car that don't have an engine in it. How you gonna go somewhere if there's no engine and there's no battery? But when God tells you to Move, you drag your feet because it's the family church. You don't want to hurt nobody's feelings. Well, guess what? It's enough room in hell for you and everybody else in the family church because you don't want to hurt no feelings. You can continue to suffer because you don't want to move. You can continue to be without because you don't want to move. You can continue to go unhealed because you don't want to move. You can continue to be hungry because you don't want to move. You can continue to be attacked because you don't have no power because you don't want to move. Because these pastors have slave master mentalities. And God said he's sick and tired of it. You hear them preaching things that have no significance to the body. Nothing. You done preached for two hours. And it sounded good. The organ was playing. You ain't said nothing that's significant to anybody in the church. But those pastors who teach, those pastors who speak, spend time before God, those pastors that rely on the Holy Spirit, those pastors that fast and pray, those pastors that know how to tell family members, mothers, fathers, wives, husbands, look, leave me alone. I need to spend time with God right now and don't care if they get mad. Let them get mad. Say, Holy Spirit, you deal with them. I'm being obedient to what you told me to do. Those pastors, when they open up the word of God and break the bread of life, you're full. You're filled. You have good substance. And you can tell somebody what that pastor said, even though he preached on Sunday, you can tell him Thursday and Friday what he talked about Sunday, and you hope the following Sunday he picked back up on it because that was some good eating. But there's not a lot of that going on right now. Because of that slave mentality that has carried over from the plantation to the church. From the master to the pastor. And like I said at the beginning, I know it's a lot of pastors that's mad right now. And I still don't care. I never asked you to invite me to your church and I never will 
I never ask to preach a sermon in anybody's church and I never will. I never beg for anything and I never will. Because see, I'm one of them ones that study the word of God. I'm one of them ones that fast and pray over this word. I'm one of them ones that rightly divide this word. So I know when the word of God say a man's gifts will make room for him, that means if God got to move you out of the way in order to make room for his prophet, guess what? I ain't the one that's going to move. You are. Because that's the God I serve. I know what the books say. I told you before, I spent over 40 years studying this book. Inside, outside, upside down. Read it from cover to cover eight times. Study, rightly divide, Old Testament and new. And I still don't know a fraction of what I should know, but I know enough to know who God is. I know enough to know what a pastor is and what a pastor isn't. I know enough to know what a prophet is and what a prophet isn't. And I know and know enough to know who studies and who don't. Now, some of you are going to sit back and tell your loved ones, he can't say I ain't called. He don't know if God called me or not. I ain't got to know. Every time you open your mouth, you bear witness against yourself. Because you ain't saying nothing that came out of the word of God except reading the scripture. And everything you preach ain't got nothing to do with the scripture you read. Nothing. Because you don't know the book, but you want the name. You don't know the man, but you want the prestige. You don't know the power, but you want some glory. And all the while, your congregation is suffering. All the while, your family is suffering. All the while, your children are suffering because you don't have no power. You don't have no Holy Ghost. Anybody can get up. I can do it right now. You want to know what I'm talking about? I'm going to show you what I'm talking about. Because when the Holy Ghost, when the Holy Ghost, you see that all the time in church. Somebody's supposed to be preaching and all of a sudden start speaking in tongues. Let me tell you something. According to the word of God, according to the rightly divided word of God, when an unknown tongue is spoken in the congregation of believers, it's supposed to be an interpretation of the tongue. So if somebody is singing or preaching or praying and the tongue comes forth, everything is supposed to shut down until there's an interpretation of the tongue. And if somebody is given interpretation and God gives it to another person, another prophet, the first one is to hold his silence until the second one speaks. Then the first one can continue. So when you're doing that in the middle of everything else and there's no interpretation, it's not of God because it goes against the word. And if you got in the word, you would understand that. But it's what's been passed down over the years and it's what you've seen everybody else doing. So you do it and you think it sounds good and look good. You're making a mockery out of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now get in the word and tell me I'm wrong. You can't. If you're praying in private, and you're praying in a tongue, and somebody overhears you, that's something altogether different. When you're in the front of a congregation and tongue come forward, it's supposed to stop until interpretation comes. That's the word of God, rightly divided. Don't care if you like it. Don't care if you agree with it. God ain't going to change his word based on your denominational hypocritical opinion. And here's the crazy thing. 
you people in the congregation. I'm trying to educate you on something. If you listen to some of these fake pastors, if you listen to some of these fake prophets, every time they supposedly speak it in the unknown tongue, they're saying the exact same utterance. They have practiced it so long, it's the exact same utterance, but every time it's something supposed to mean, supposed to mean something different. If God said, ease on down, ease on down the road, and he said it Monday, and he said, ease on down, ease on down the road means ABC, how is he going to say, ease on down, ease on down the road Tuesday, and tell you it means QRZ? It's the exact same utterance. It's not of God. It's not of God. And like I said, I'm not going to get a lot of invitations, but I never asked for one. And if God tell me to go to your church, I'm still going to your church. And I dare anybody to put their hands on me and try to put me out. Anybody. You can ask me to leave. Don't put your hands on me. Because then we're going to take touch, not my anointed, to a whole different level. And Prophet Elijah don't turn on the cheek for nobody. I'm still working on that. Why do I say it like that? Because that's the only way some people understand. That's the only way it can get through some people's head. Some of you fake pastors, you're leading the children of God astray. You're leading them to damnation. You're the reason why they're not growing. You're the reason why they're not receiving their healing. You're the reason why they're not receiving their blessing because you're in the way. Because you want to be known as somebody. You want to be seen a certain way in front of the people. What about being seen a certain way in front of God? What about being seen a certain way in front of your family? You're more concerned about what everybody else thinks. And all the while, you done destroyed everything around you. And you're too arrogant and pig-headed to see it. But that's on you. That's on you. God always keeps a ram in the bush. There is nobody. Listen to me. There is nobody. And when I say nobody, I mean N-O-B-O-D-Y. There is nobody that God can't replace. There is nobody that God needs so bad that he can't replace them. And if you believe you're one of those people, you're a bigger fool than I thought you was. But you're holding up the growth in your church. You're holding people up because you're in a position you shouldn't be in. You have a slave master's mentality. And people believe the lies of the slave master so long that when truth came, they bucked against the truth because they were comfortable living in that slave master mentality. What am I talking about? People believe that Jesus was a blonde-haired, blue-eyed white man for so long that when the truth came out that he was not blonde-haired, he was not blue-eyed, and he definitely ain't white. You still don't want to believe it because that's what they told you. You have been indoctrinated with lies. But when the truth comes out, you're a buck against the truth and cling to a lie because it's comfortable for you. That's on you. That's not on the pastor. That's on you. Just a couple weeks ago, you had countries. I have never seen black Russian. I have never seen a, a, a black German. I have never seen none of these black people. I'm serious. I have never seen somebody born a Russian that was black, ever. But they had the church in Russia. They had the church in the Vatican. 
They had the church in Ukraine or wherever these other foreign countries is. That's all white people. Open up their basements. Open up their storerooms. From 1400 years ago and further back. And they all poured out pictures of Jesus. And Jesus was a black man. These countries where it's only white people pulled out pictures of black Jesus that was painted over 14, 15, 16,000 years ago. The Pope that's in office right now was videotaped by his people on his knees in the Vatican at an altar praying to a statue of a black Jesus. But because you have been taught so long Jesus was white, you can't receive the truth that he was not white. He did not look like the slave master. And because you have been in that church so long that you still believe your blessing is on the way. Your miracle is just around the corner. God is about to give you a breakthrough. The same garbage they've been telling you all these years, you still believe it. But when the prophet of God comes forward and tell you what thus said the Lord, you don't want to believe him because you believe that garbage them lying pastors have been telling you all them years. And God said, that's why you're still in the situation you've been in. Because when truth came, you didn't receive it. That's on you. There is nothing under the face of the sun God can't do. But I tell you what God won't do. God won't force you to believe nothing. God won't force you to make up your own mind. God won't force you to exercise your God-given right to make up your own mind. God won't force you to walk away from a bad situation. God won't force you to get out of a dead church. God won't force you to stop listening to lying pastors and prophets and apostles and bishops and teachers and missionaries and deacons. God won't force you to do none of that. But what God will do, God will bless everybody who receives his word. To show you that he's God. That's why the scripture said. Choose ye this day. Who you will serve. Your pastor. Can't make you stay in no church. Your pastor. Don't own you. Your deacon don't own you. Your bishop don't own you. Your prophet don't own you. Your husband don't own you. Your wife don't own you. You don't even own your pets. Because the minute they want to go, they gone. You can control them, but no man, no man has been given the authority by God to control no other man. Even when you do time in prison, they can't make you do nothing you don't want to do. Yeah, newsflash. They can ask you. They can try and force the rules, but they can't make you do nothing you don't want to do. I will never forget the time when we were in prison and there was a lady who was an assistant warden at the time. And she had a lot of respect amongst us prisoners, us convicts. I ain't talking about inmates. I'm talking about the convicts. And she told her officers one time, this is what you need to understand. Because they were trying to tell us to do something, and we decided we won't do it, locked up or not. And this woman came on the floor, and she told her officers, this is what y'all need to understand. We don't go home every day because our shift is over. We don't go home every day because we worked our hours. 
We don't go home every day because that clock buzzer went off. We go home because they let us go home. And it took a while for that truth to sink in to a lot of them officers. But when that truth sank in, they stopped believing the lie that we control them and we tell them what to do and they're going to do it. That you have been hearing for so long and they receive the truth. We go home because they let us go home. Same thing for the church. Stop believing the lies that's being told to you. Get in his word for yourself. Holy Spirit is the perfect teacher. He don't teach no errors. He don't make no mistakes. He don't, dis the, 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 uh, uh, what's the word I want? He don't, he don't play favorites. He don't discriminate. He says what the word means and he means what it says. And you either going to agree with it or you wait. He don't care which one you do, but it ain't going to change based on your opinion. Just like the fact that a lot of you weren't called to be pastors. That still ain't going to change because you still ain't been called. Yeah, you got a piece of paper out of Cracker Jack box. You got a building that you paid for, somebody gave you or however you got it. That don't make you no pastor. Just like a lot of you got a family. That don't make you a father. You got a spouse. That don't make you a husband. That makes you a man with a piece of paper on a birth certificate that says a child was came through with you. A man with a piece of paper on a marriage license that say, by law, yeah, you're supposed to be her spouse. But when you go to talk to the people, what do they say? A lot of you pastors, if you had to sit, if people had to sit down with the people in your congregation and say over the last six months, what has the pastor taught you? What would they say? I ain't say what you preached. What did you teach? Not what type of entertainment you gave. What type of education did you give? But you people, my people, my brothers, my sisters, my kings, my queens. It all boils down to you. What are you going to do? Because you have to make a decision for yourself. You have to stand and say, Lord, lead me. To where I will be fed. Lead me to where I will have an introduction to Holy Spirit. Lead me to where there's some power. Lead me to where there's some living water. Lead me to where there's the bread of life. Lead me somewhere so I can get these ailments off of me. So I can be healed. So I can be delivered. So I can be made free. Lead me somewhere so I can know what your word says for myself. Lead me somewhere where I can see your hand move. Lead me somewhere where I can hear your voice. Lead me somewhere where I can bow before your feet. Lead me somewhere where I can see your face. Face. Lead me somewhere where you change my name. Lead me somewhere, Holy Spirit. And when he tell you where to go, take a page out of Lot's book and don't look back. Don't become stagnated because they're trying to guilt trip you.
Don't become stagnated because they beg and they plead with crocodile tears and false words that don't mean nothing. Your eternal salvation is on the line. It's not about preaching and entertainment. It's about teaching and education. When was the last time you had a good teaching in the church you in? When was the last time the pastor applied the word to him first before anybody else? When was the last time there was a genuine move of Holy Spirit and not some prefabricated garbage that people want you to believe and go along with? When was the last time? This is a wake-up call. How long have you suffered? How long have you cried yourself to sleep? How long have you said, Lord, why is everybody else being blessed, not me? Lord, why is everybody else being healed, not me? Lord, why is everybody else getting their, their breakthrough and not me? Because they don't go to the church you go to. They're in a church where the Holy Spirit has free reign and he moves. He teaches. You're in a church that's comfortable and convenient because Cousin Juju, the pastor, Brothers and sisters, the choice is yours. If I go back to my old hip-hop days and quote black sheep, I can hear Jesus saying right now, the choice is yours. You can get with this or you can get with that. You need to get with this because this is where it's at. You want to be delivered? You want to be healed? You want to be made free? You want to be victorious? You want to have a prosperous life in this world and the world to come? Get somewhere where the word of God is being properly taught so you know what God will and won't do. How Holy Spirit does and don't move. It's not just emotional entertainment going on. It's an actual genuine move of Holy Spirit. And lives are being changed. Lives are being converted. God is being glorified. I hope somebody got something out of this message. I know I did. If you didn't, maybe it won't for you. Go to your church tomorrow and let somebody entertain you. I'm here to teach you. Because I genuinely love you. Until next time, walk in wisdom and grow in grace. Be blessed.